This is Jerry Lee standing in for the Manifester, and we are so happy to be here with you tonight. Interesting time ahead. Lots and lots of interesting things to share. So we are just waiting here uh, for all of the things that uh, will come by the Spirit to you. And and we just thank uh, Janet Lee, the organist, uh, who is so uh, present each of these times to play in the background for us and get us started uh, really feeling good in the spirit. <clears throat> so tonight we're going to go into the part two of the two witnesses. There's a scripture in Hosea 4.6 and it's one that most people know but it's a, a really important scripture because it says that my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. That's Hosea 4.6. Now that's a sad thing. Because it is prefaced by my people. God's people. God's destinata. Sometimes just don't make it. Don't get where they need to be. Don't finish the job. Because of the lack of knowledge. It's like not having all the fuel that you need. To get to the point of destination so knowledge is very important and we hope that as you listen to this word tonight you will be imbued with the knowledge and the word of God that this imbuement will just um, raise your level of interest raise your level of insight and uh, raise your level of acuity we're going to talk tonight about this kind of an awareness we're going to talk about how that God has given us things on the earth that many of these things have messages in them they're natural occurring uh, things in uh, the world like in nature and there are symbolisms in it that have something to do uh, as a pattern uh, to describe in a way that it'd be difficult if we didn't have examples uh, things that are uh, heavenly we, we can talk about in that sense images uh, like the symbolisms uh, of nature is uh, compacted hence um, it holds a an in, in like an uncoded mystery you might say uh, only by the Holy Spirit operating as a prime agency can the connotations infused in nature uh, nature's secret al alphabet begin to be understood so for our imagination to unfold there's many things many things in the natural world uh, that has a spiritual meaning uh, that we have to become cognizant of the natural world is full of symbols, full of ideas. The function of spiritual imagination is to decipher the codes, the symbols, and the celestial hierographics of the material world. So, think of nature as being not only a physical purpose, but also as having a spiritual purpose. We must become surveyors of a heightened awareness we must abandon blind imaginations and take mental flights, transcendental 
and of a coherent synthesis towards a productive imagination of phototransitions and phototranslations. Ah, those things are exciting. It's a deeper truth, and we have to visualize it, be sensitized to it. It's a turning point toward a perfect holy unity, and there's nothing that can be taken away from that once we are committed to it and once God has accepted that. Otherwise, whatever we would be doing could mar it or hinder it, and that is not what God wants. God wants our work to be without blemish. God wants us to to have a work that um, is acceptable and has the power of the Spirit in it. So we're going to be talking on a lot of things that we hope will free the mind and give you power to turn off any element that might distract attention from your destiny or a goal or vital life principles. Yeah, yes, 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 it is time to stop living just in the margins of spiritual existence. It's time to get out of the the level of water that's only a few feet up the ankles and legs and gets into the water that's over our head, deep enough to swim in. Well, <clears throat> I had someone write me recently, calls himself Wisebeard. I think that's a really neat name. I, I like that. And he was asking me questions about auras. And uh, he was explaining how that he's had an experience with the color blue. In the foundations of Jerusalem, we have 12 foundations, and they are different colors. There's the first layer, the second layer, the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seven, all the way up to 12 different layers of depth. And we've got the jasper, the sapphire, the chalcedony, the emerald, all kinds. And, you know, and jasper like being dark green and sapphire being blue. And uh, chalcedony is sort of a white to pale blue. And you've got emeralds that are deep, fiery reflections. Sardoni, the red. And, and then you have um, sardius. And that's a deep orange to a brownish red. And there has to be a meaning for all this. It's just not accidental that these kind of, of colors of stone were put in the Bible to explain the foundations of the Bible. And we need to know these images. And sardius, uh, as I mentioned, uh, is a deep orange. And that, there's so much that I can tell you about that. That, uh, that that has a lot to do with um, with deep space and uh, and uh, what you might call um, you know uh, some people would, would would call visitors from outer space. Um, then there's chrysolite, which is olive green, and and beryl, uh, which is olivine, sort of an aqua marine gold green blue. Two olives in the in those colors uh, you know keep that in mind and uh, and then there's gold and there's purple and green with uh, speckled gold spots all these different levels 
Well, in auras, a lot of people don't know this, uh, but there are some people that do, of course. There are two kinds of auras that people get. One is a physical aura, and it actually has to do with a person's state of physical health. Uh, and according to where your body is, um, there are colors that emanate as an aura from the body, can be seen by, by certain people that are gifted that way. Uh, and then there is the spirit aura. And the spirit aura can be uh, told um, as a difference from the physical aura. But some people see the physical aura and they, they are just looking at a person's uh, health without realizing that uh, they are not seeing the spirit aura. They are only seeing the physical aura, aura which even, even when they, they uh, work on the brain and they take these... Um, uh, deep um, uh, type of uh, pictures. Uh, there's all these flashing different colors that come up uh, with the neuroactivity of the brain. So the body is full of electricity and a full of, of the reflections of, of the various lights and colors. And it does tell a story about our health. And those things are important to know because, you know, it's, it's Bible and their foundations and their levels and the spirit aura of course if those that can see the spirit aura they are seeing something that has to do with that person's um, spiritual level um, you know blue in a physical aura has a different meaning than blue in a spirit aura or green or, or, or you know, deep fiery reflections, red or olive, all those colors that you might see in a physical aura has a different meaning if it is a spirit aura. So there's much that, much that can be said about that, much teaching that could be done. It's all very, very interesting. Now, I want to prepare you, <coughs> excuse me, for the deep teaching that we do by showing you in God's word how that there are there are many symbols and these symbols uh, are so important to understand because they're 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 codes and without understanding these codes uh, you you can you can just be getting nowhere real fast and think that you're getting somewhere but you're not and uh, we want to uh, encourage you to feel that that uh, you you have the right and you have the capacity. God, by the Holy Spirit, uh, will teach you whatever you need to know if you're just faithful to continue in His Word. So, let's talk about things like, and we, we've done some teaching on this, but let's just go over it a little bit, uh, because I don't want to be moving so fast that uh, I'm leaving people out or, or there's people hearing me but they don't understand what I'm saying and I want you to um, you know to really get into this um, in Ezekiel 38 20 it talks about and I'm just pulling out various quotes uh, from these scriptures I'm using different translations but it talks about that 
um, men who on the, uh, that are on the face of the earth will one day shake at the presence of God and the mountains will be thrown down and the steep pathways will collapse and every wall will fall to the ground we need to know what this means is this talking about you know that that all of the mountains and and all of the walls in the world are going to collapse or do mountains have a different meaning because when Jesus said if you have the faith of the grain of a mustard seed you can say to this mountain be you plucked up and cast into the sea and it will be done and I don't know how many people but I'm sure there's been some and maybe quite a few who have gone around with this kind of thought and been trying to cast mountains into the sea just to prove that they have the faith of the grain of a mustard seed and have failed one time upon another finally quit trying the trying the the word that they didn't understand so it's important to know what mountains are um, it's, it's important to understand what it means when it says that there will be a new heaven and and the first earth will pass away and it said in the new heaven there's no longer any sea well uh, I, I suppose there might be some people think that would just be terrific to not have a sea any longer no oceans no water out there have it all drained down into the earth somewhere but um, I'm not too sure that, that that would be just a great thing um, I think the ocean is beautiful and the seas are beautiful and I think that there is a meaning there and I want to share that with you as we keep talking here a little bit the Bible talks about the heavens departing as a scroll and every mountain and island every mountain every island to be moved out of their places is that what it really means every physical mountain every physical island does it really mean that there will be no more sea no more ocean on earth well of course it doesn't mean that and even when it talks about the heavens departed do you really understand what that would mean if the heavens departed and there were no more stars and if you didn't have a sun which is part of the heavens uh, the earth would just be spiraling through space <laughs> and uh, I'm afraid it wouldn't last very long in that kind of a uh, condition so what is it talking about when it says this well let's talk about no more sea in the, in the 17th chapter of revelations there's an interpretation by an angel about waters and rivers and seas and so forth like that and um, it tells that that waters represent nations kindreds tongues and and people so what is talking about in this new heaven is an ultimate time when uh, the whole thing of carnal nature uh, will be overcome 
and and um, it's it's talking about uh, then even in a deeper uh, further sense that one day the ministry that is going on by humans who were once Ophanims who fell to the earth because of failed messenger uh, uh, destiny and fell to the earth and took human bodies that one day that job will be finished and everybody that is going to, is just will be just still and everybody that is not just will not be just and it will be finished and there will be no need any longer for any of the Ophanims to be in matter to be in physical bodies and that sea will be gone it will no longer be necessary that's one of the means a couple of them and that's why in the manifest peace bible and other manifest um, uh, scriptures from other uh, bible books it has uh, different times an offering of, of 30 60 100 fold insight so you have these different levels of being able to understand something and it really really is is super to have the, that kind of an insight now as to the heavens departing as a scroll when it is it is opened um, it's along the line of like a book that because a scroll is another word uh, for a book like a book that has that it was opened and um, and then what that book stood for the message that that book had the way people were interpreting it how that they were believing it was suddenly rolled up it was suddenly closed because those things that were being believed those things that were the ingredients of their religion had finally come to a point of recognition by a new manifest that those things were not pertinent to reality or to spirituality and so those open books of thoughts and and ideas about God about Jesus about religion suddenly were are closed and they're rolled up because those ideas are not going to be important they're not going to have application because they just don't fit the riddle they don't fit the paradigms they don't fit the puzzle they don't answer the questions and we're, we are coming to this day of knowledge that God has prophesied and said that this knowledge is going to cover the earth as the waters cover the sea based on the old interpretations we would certainly want to get that accomplished before we came to the point that there was no longer any sea because then if the revelation was to cover the earth as the waters cover the sea and there was no more sea and waters well then there wouldn't be any knowledge available either so some of these ideas are just not worth too much now when we talk about the heavens departing we're looking at the old religions the supposed to be heavenly origin uh, passing away and and when we're we're talking about um, mountains 
Well, mountains are, are, are very interesting to think about and to talk about because, um, you know, they in the, in, in, in the Bible, they can represent, um, they represent rulers, they can represent demon power, they can, they can represent religious heads of, of the church, um, and and that that is that is the type of thing that mountains in the Bible often are symbols of. So when we think about the word eminence, like it was a title given to uh, you know famous people that 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 were um, rulers, and and some of them were religious, uh, some of them were not, uh, but they would say your eminence. Uh, quite often used in the religious realm. But eminence, the very word eminence, means position or superiority, high rank. But it also means, as a second meaning, a high or raised piece of ground. So the word eminent means projecting, protruding, prominent, project, stand out and that is where the whole idea of mountain comes from mountain of something that is projecting, protruding that is that is being raised high uh, from a piece of ground that's a mountain and, and but the word eminence refers to human psychology and human uh, sociology so we see when we begin to look at those kind of things that there is imbued not only in the scriptures in, of symbols and images but it is actually infused even in the, the human uh, language but a lot of people are just not aware of how uh, infused and to what degree it is infused and this word of, of, the, of the manifest that is being brought forth is for closing those old books those old views those old ideas those old schemes that just don't work and opening a new book the book of the seven thunders for people to begin to hear you know what the Bible is really saying in its uncoded revelation so it's exciting um, this is totally exciting um, when we've talked in the past about the, the sixth seal being opened and there's a great earthquake you know it's very perfect, very much perfect to, to compare that to the very foundations of churches and societies as being terribly shaken and, and, and that these changes uh, abound uh, you know they are, they, they are prophecies of the scripture uh, these events uh, you know uh, that declare, declare the, the end of the world and the day of judgment uh, have a lot really to be discussing and addressing that it is the time of the end for these kind of religiosities 
that are go- are never going anywhere. Uh, the Bible talks about a state in which people are always um, learning, but never come to the knowledge of the truth. And a lot of that has to be put on the whole situation with with teachers, teachers that don't take people all the way up the road. That is just so very, very, very important, and for everyone to to get to understand that, for everyone to get to to know that, just totally. Totally important. This is the day. This is this is the time. You know that God is is looking over His people. The 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 angel with with the rod that's like a reed is measuring the perimeter of the city of God, and God is is choosing those persons who are going to stand in the gap. Uh, there is a root of God goodness, um, you know, in in the branch of um, of, of humankind, and uh, these people, even without understanding what is totally happening, have come to a place that they are <coughs> they are touching on an inner uh, shambhala, uh, which belongs to all spiritual aspirants. Uh, there are those uh, aspirants who are not a part of an immoral uh, conspiracy, but rather they have found the lost heart that belongs to the love once known in the Garden of Eden. And God is gathering His people together uh, in, in this knowledge. And one of the tools that is being used and believe me, it's just the beginning of being used, is the internet and the computer. Because these tools are are opening up uh, this um, Shambhala. And uh, where is this Shambhala? Well, in Second Corinthians 4.8, it says, We have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God, and not of us. That is something that you already have. It's like John that says every person that's born on earth is born in the light. And you already have this treasure in your earthen vessel in your body. And it's just a matter of the excellency of the power that is potentially there just waiting to be used which is of God and is not of your human carnal nature. I guess that's why it says in St. John 1, 2, As many as receive him, to them he gave power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. So, I find those things tantalizing, I find them interesting. I find them exciting. Very exciting. That started to set you up, help you to get into to recognizing to recognizing this whole thing uh, about about the images and the signs and the wonders that that there is in the Word. Now just to sort of get us over into the right area 
you know, there, there's there's some some things that are very very important, and um, like if you turn to Daniel chapter seven. And I've, I've, of course, read this to you before, but I'll be reading it to you more than once because it is important. And you look at chapter 7, verse um, 25. It's talking about the beast. The same beast that is so prominent in Revelation with the ten horns and all that tremendous uh, array, array of artifacts. And it says in verse 25, chapter 7 of Daniel, And he shall speak great words against the Most High, and shall wear out the saints of the Most High, and think to change times and laws. Now believe me, these are the kind of things that are in continuum. They've been going on from before, and they're going on now, and they'll be continuing in the future. And if anything, they will they will accelerate, and and they become more and more um, uh, of gravity uh, to doing these very things that are highlighted here. Uh, wear out the saints. Um, think to change the times and the laws. And they shall be given unto his hand until a time, times, and the dividing of times. Now we've got all kinds of ministries that have gone into the word and they've tried to look through Daniel and interpret, you know, you know, what the goat was, you know, what what the the lion was, what all these different animals represented in Daniel and they've got all kinds of ideas who that they represent and they use those examples to create a situation in which we're just about out of time and this concept has been going on for a long time been taught in a lot of different churches, a lot of different brands of churches I'm not knocking any of these people but I think we do have to face the facts about what truth is and what what the word of God is wanting to do in this day and in this age and you know, they skip over this 25th verse here that these things are going to be going on until a time times and a dividing of times so going all of the way back to Daniel when some of these things were happening and shortly thereafter were were happening at least as was being interpreted to be happening people thought without taking all the scriptures into to the whole uh, importance of interpretation as contextual information they thought that those ideas must be right. They had logic to them. But they left out scriptures like this 25th scripture that says these things are all set up in the time frame of the word of God by the revelation of angels. Great angels. You know, like, like Gabriel and Michael. Great angels. And that it is this is all set for a time, 
times and a dividing of times. And you have to know what that is. And you have to understand that it goes from generation to generation, from age to age. It actually goes all of the way through the time that has been allotted for people to have their time and chance to overcome their their flesh and their carnalness. And I've ministered on this before, and I don't want to expand into that. Uh, but but uh, when you when you have scriptures that modify all the other scriptures, like it's a key scripture, and you can't get past this key by trying to go around it and bring some of these other things uh, to a mature uh, concept uh, when it doesn't fit the key scripture because the key scripture is a modifier and it modifies all of those other uh, examples and symbols and, and emblems and the only way you can really understand if it is what you are interpreting is really working is when what you are interpreting falls into the key of a scripture like this that covers a time, times, and a dividing of the times. And without the full application or the full understanding of that, a person is not ever going to have it right. Understanding and, and, and trying to interpret the scriptures of the Bible. It's just like another scripture in Daniel. Turn to Daniel chapter 9. And let's just look at another scripture. In verse 924. And listen to this carefully. Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people. And upon thy holy city. To finish. To finish. And to make an end of sins. Now. Did you get that? This is another one of those kind of scriptures that has the power of modification. It's, it's another key. And this 70 weeks is a very, very important understanding. In the NIV, for instance, they don't say 70 weeks. They say 70 sevens. Very interesting when Jesus said, in answer to Peter, Peter questioned Jesus and said, If I have a brother that has done something that offends me, how many times should I forgive him? Seven? And Jesus says, No. You should forgive him seven times. Seven times. Seventy. So it's interesting how these figures are not just scriptures that have no implication no no relative uh, conceptual base and we're talking here in verse 24 uh, whatever this 70 weeks stands for and, and, and of course we know and of course we'll be teaching on this at some point that they are determined they are destined upon the people that it's referring to here and upon the holy city to finish 
the transgression, the transgression, and to make an end of sins, and to make reconciliation for iniquity, and to bring in everlasting righteousness, and to seal up the vision and the prophecy, and to anoint the Most Holy. You have to understand scriptures like this, and scriptures like the one I read to you in the seventh chapter of Daniel. If you don't understand these kind of scriptures, and and you cannot tie them in into the general run of the scriptures that you're trying to put into some kind of a of a format, then that work is just frivolously in vain because it will not fit the puzzle it will not unlock the door and I'm just showing you this to try to help you as we get into these studies of the like about the two witnesses how important it is to understand that many of these things have to be absolutely understood in a spiritual sense if you don't understand it in that spiritual sense uh, as it is interpreted then it's just not going to work it's not going to fit in and that is very 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 sad you know just just very sad okay so let's uh, go on a little more here and let's begin to get into the uh, in, into this thing of who are the two witnesses well I, I read you some scriptures in last uh, week's teaching and I think one of the really powerful scriptures, just sensational scripture that I that I read to you, uh, was was the scripture that um, that showed um, that the witnesses, uh, as revealed in uh, in Zechariah, that um, they they weren't they weren't just um, uh, you know about people that um, uh, are about two persons they weren't just about two persons but they actually were represented a group they they absolutely uh, you know they represent a group of people and uh, this was so very very important because uh, it breaks loose uh, from some old concepts and old ideas that people are uh, really sure that that they are right, and and let me read it again. It's in Isaiah forty three ten. Isaiah forty three ten. You go back toward Genesis from from Daniel a few books, and let's look at um, Isaiah forty three ten, and it says, "Ye are my witnesses," saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen. And I made the point last week that it starts off with a plural. You are my witnesses. And then it puts it into a singular. And my servant, whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God for him, neither shall there be after me. That's a powerful, incredibly powerful, very, very sensational scripture. So, we understand then we have Bible for this when we start talking about uh, who the, the witnesses are. 
Well, we should uh, right now go to Revelations chapter 11. And we should look at this scripture where this thing with the um, where this thing comes up in chapter 11. Now just before I get into this um, you know it's close around into these areas um, that there is the scripture that uh, people use uh, to talk about this beast, this other beast that rises and it has these two horns of a lamb and and this is being basically taught in the church world by most of the churches that um, this um, entity that is going to rise up is the Antichrist and you hear that preached but there are no scriptures to support that the only two scriptures that have to do with Antichrist come out of the uh, I believe it's the first chapter of, of, of John and uh, are, are not the first chapter but the first book of John and it is plural is he says uh, even now there are antichrists and the and the other scripture says basically the same thing that this antichrist is there's many of them right now and so in every case it was talking about a group of persons that that were antichrist and not talking about a singular antichrist and yet somehow ignoring all of that and not having any other scriptures really to back it people have gotten this this teaching over and over again about the Antichrist and all these things are being said well the Antichrist is going to come and we believe he's even born right now on earth and and he's going to grow up and he's going to take over and he's going to do this and that but the fact of the matter is is the person that that is really talking about is not the Antichrist although he is Antichrist in his actions and there's many such entities that are Antichrist in their actions um, is the false prophet and the false prophet is a very very important subject because all the way back to Psalms it prophesies about who this is and 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 this person uh, is called the son of perdition and is, is a tremendously interesting subject an interesting uh, thing to know about who the the of uh, who the false prophet is and this is really who the churches should be talking about the coming of the false prophet and all his powers to do signs and wonders and uh, not into this thing about the coming of the antichrist which there is no scripture except those two scriptures in the book of of um, of you know first john so uh i'm just trying to lay down these things to help you to understand that that there are there is a lot of off track uh ideas and off track teachings and every time you get on an off track of something like that even though there is a a flavor of truth to it because even the you know the false prophet would be anti christ but we have to understand in the narrative that is really being produ- produced and, 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 and given uh, that it has specific realities and if you miss those specific realities then you miss the, the, the uh, exact uh, 
exact meaning, uh, and once you miss one meaning, then it, it lobs you off to the side so that when you go to the next um, uh, determinate uh, thing to, to put into place, uh, you lose where you're at. Because if you, if you don't catch on to where you are supposed to be, then what happens is one error causes the next idea to have a side of air to it also and then air builds upon air and and misconstruement builds upon misconstruement and before you know it you have a lot of definite ideas uh, that you think are definite a lot of uh, definite doctrine that you think is definite and in fact it's really not not built on the scripture that you think it is because there are these key scriptures these modifier scriptures that except you recognize their positions and their placing in the Bible and their, their, their direct effect upon all the other contexts, then you're going to miss out on being able to hone in on the real, real, factual uh, thing that the Holy Spirit is revealing to His people. That's why God has at different times had to send in angels with Daniel, with John, with, with many others to, to straighten people out because they were getting into religiosity. They were getting into doctrines. They were getting into to, to ideologies that were not uh, the precise prescription that God had given for the word. And then one mistake led to another mistake. One error to another error. And, and God is taking the, uh, this book that's been opened with all of these this misconstrued uh, concepts and he's rolling it together as a scroll saying, you know, that's enough of that. It is time now, you know, to break out with, with the revelation that is going to set people free in the truth. It's going to set people free in doctrine. And, and, and they are going to speak doctrine uh, that has power and that has deliverance and that has revelation that is alive and, and simulating with the glory of God. Okay, so we're finally getting back here now. Revelations 11 verse 3 and I will give power unto my two witnesses and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and threescore days clothed in sackcloth now I would I would enjoy to get into some of these days and and numbers and the meaning of it uh, you know one of the most um, appreciated um, and by appreciated I don't mean like being thankful for but I mean something that that has that grows in in stature um, instead of depreciated appreciated um, is the the three and a half year period of time that it talks about because Believe me, that is a symbolic way of saying times, time, and a half time. And that type of a number was also tied in to, uh, you know, the uh, like the three days that that Jesus said that 
he'd be three days in the earth and and it, it it's interesting how these special kind of of meanings come up and they have tremendous application and um but uh, that we, we can't get into all of that. Uh, we'll get into as much of uh, of this whole revelation as we can. So let's read again. Um, here we go, chapter eleven, verse three. And I will give power unto my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and threescore days, clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and the two candlesticks standing before the God of the earth. Now, from last week, you remember how we treated the thing with the olives, the olive trees and the candlesticks. And uh, uh, we showed that uh, there are two entities here. Uh, but they and, and we named who those two entities were, and we're going to get a little more specific here today. And then we showed that uh, they represent these groups of destinata, uh, who will of the two groups, the parallel groups, uh, represent these two entities. And um, uh, it, it's it's just. A, a beautiful thing when you begin to see that uh, these two two witnesses aren't just two individuals they're two olive trees they're two candlesticks and both the olive trees and the candlesticks have a representation of not being uh, singularities and we do not use that in the mathematical sense they are not singularities in in the sense that that you know just one ekad in individual uh, which the word ekad itself a hebrew word is actually a compound ekad as we went into that uh, description here uh, last week um, so it, it you know once it says it says here one this and one that uh, don't be too sure that when it says that that that's what it means because so much of the Hebrew and even the Greek use compound words and and uh, and when you you get into the root and all of the uh, additional things that that you get into in those kind of languages because those things had to be developed uh, for uh, the language itself to have uh, a continuity and, and a usability uh, because for a long long time Hebrew and, and didn't have any you know didn't, didn't, didn't have any uh, uh, of the type of uh, helps that uh, that we have in the English language, like the vowels, didn't have any of those. Didn't have the punctuation marks. Didn't have the separation of the constants. Didn't didn't have you know the 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 many many different helps. They just wasn't available, and you had to be able to understand it. So many of those other uh, things that became to be known as it transferred from verbal understanding into language understanding uh, were, were were important and were pertinent uh, for those transitions to happen. 
Okay, so <clears throat> now we've got two witnesses who are two olive trees and two candlesticks. If any man will hurt them, fire proceedeth out of their mouth. Now these are strange kind of situations. If, if, if that's what it literally means, and, and we're talking either the two entities or we're talking these two groups of destinata who have uh, transassimilated the nature of these two entities, uh, and that if anyone starts to, to hurt them, they open their mouth, and like a dragon, fire comes out of it, and the fire is so uh, terrific and so expansive and so destructive and hot that it destroys their enemies. Now, um, uh, you know, if, if people get into that and they get to thinking, so in that day, you know, we're going to have literal fire that's going to come out of our mouth and it, it won't burn our tongue it won't burn the inside of our mouth but it will come out and we'll just be able to burn our enemies uh, in a crisp well you know this is why if you don't understand those things as symbols the next thing you are really worse off than some of the myths and and and, and some of the uh, crazy stuff that they have out there in comics and and games and and even on TV, uh, which is you know mythological and not all mythological things are bad, but it's mythological and just totally out of proportion of anything that really uh, is is possible to be directed to what a human would ever have or could ever have. And, and and next thing you know, you're in that. But but when you begin to see this this understanding and this meaning, as as it applies symbolically, you begin to understand in the manifest language this syntonic fire, this word of God, uh, you know, uh, that you will speak will be so powerful that it will just disarm uh, people that that want to kill you. It'll disarm your enemy. And, and that is such a righteous way to do it uh, for for a for a, a a man of God or a woman of God uh, to be going along and, and an enemy appears and says uh, says uh, you are false and, and we and you should be dead and start saying things against you and then for those destinata the holy people standing on holy ground to suddenly turn around and with this angry righteous indignation look open their mouth squint their eyes and bellow out this long flame of fire that just begins to burn and crisp their flesh until they are burned alive and and tortured and killed by it and and then and then after killing several of their enemies then go back to say praise god hallelujah glory be to god uh praise be the name of god uh, no i don't believe that and if that is how you want to believe then you just go ahead and believe it that's up to you you have the right to believe what you want but that is not what the scripture is talking about here and and that is the same uh thing that happened when the bible says that jesus most of all his ministry spoke in parables he did not break it down and he had his reason for that many many reasons for not breaking it down he put it into parables so people would hear the parables and and they would then have the right to get out of it what they could or what they would but but uh the, the thing of it is is there are some times that uh, that you don't want to um you know you 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 don't want this um um 
you don't want this message uh, to get out to people. It talks about the Bible talks about pouring your pearls before the swine. Some mess, sometimes the word is just too much for people. They're not ready for it, and uh, in the end, they will uh, uh, you know turn against it, and it, you're you're far worse off to have told people some of these mysteries and. Uh, uh, have uh, shared some of these things than if you had just not shared it at all with some people because they're going to misuse it and it's going to do them harm and it's going to give, be damnation to them because the Bible says that uh, that many people who partake of the of the supper of God uh, that that uh, they are sick and some of them even die because they take the Lord's supper uh, unworthily. Which means many, many things. They, they, they take it in the wrong attitude. They take it in the wrong understanding and knowledge. Uh, it is, uh, just very, very important that we understand that, uh, and be, and do things by the Spirit. Uh, you talk to the people who are ready to hear the word, or you have such an energizing, like these, the witnesses will have that you can disarm people uh, from their emotions because you have the energy and the power uh, of the Holy Spirit to do that. But if you don't have that, and that's not what you've been gifted to do, then you're better off. You're better off to hold back. And that's what I'm trying to share with you, and trying to show you as we we get into this this word. Okay. And they, these witnesses have the power to, to shut the heaven, that it rain not in the days of their prophecy. And they have the power to uh, over waters to turn them to blood and to smite the earth with all plagues as, as they will. And if you believe that this is what the angels are going to do and what the, the two witnesses, uh, be they two individuals or a group are going to do uh, then you know uh, you belong uh, out there in the days of the Roman Romans when uh, uh, they sat there and greedily watched people kill one another torture one another and and it was a it was a game of excitement and they got a big big uh, boost out of watching people kill one another and and you belong to that group because this this, as it seems to be saying it, is not what it is saying. So, so we, we want to get all of those things uh, really, really clear. Now, uh, here's, here's the interesting thing. Uh, if you really look at this, and let's go back. Now, let's, let's skip over before we get any further along. And let's look in the book of, uh, of Zechariah. And, uh, and and let's uh, let's get a hold on these, chapter four. And here it it talks about the the candlestick, all of gold, verse verse uh, two. And uh, I'm skipping down to the middle of the verse. Uh, a stick of gold with a bowl upon the top of it, with the seven lamps and seven pipes to the seven lamps which are upon the the top of it. Now this is what the precise area. In Zechariah, that the that the mention in Revelations is referring to, and the two olive trees by it. So we explained that last week how there's, you know, two olive trees, and in the middle of those two olive trees is this candlestick of gold with the with all this con- confabulation, uh, pardon that makeup word, 
and the seven lamps thereon, and seven pipes to the seven lamps, which are upon the top thereof. And, uh, and, and, uh, and this is describing, you know, and last week I, th- I thought it was very interesting to some people, and I got different comments from people uh, quite excited about this teaching, and we were showing that, that if a person would look at these and say, okay, now tell me, well, what, tell me about this. What, what are you reading here? What, what is happening? And someone might look at it and say, well, uh, there's uh, a candelabra, uh, but in that day, it was you know more of of the type that uh, was using lamps, and um, there are um, uh, all kinds of uh, of like these connecting pipes to it that obviously moves the fluid that like if it were kerosene or olive oil uh, that it is burning in, uh, and so. Uh, that's what it says that's what I see here but the interpretation that is given as to what it was by the angel is in verse 6 and down the middle a little over the middle of the of the verse not by might not by power not by my spirit saith the Lord of hosts this doesn't seem to have any relevance at all to what that says Seems like well, there's no comparison. How how can anybody look at those two candles and and, and that that uh, candelabra type lamp uh, system and 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 get this kind of an interpretation out of it? Not by might, not by uh, power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. But this is the angel. The angel ought to know because if this whole thing was given by the spirit to to uh, Daniel or to Zechariah rather, then the angel would understand, because then he understands, or she, or or, or Un, understands uh, the meaning of Zechariah in a spiritual sense. And they say, no, that is not what it means. What it means is not by might, not by power. So this whole thing about the two witnesses, this whole thing about what they are going to do, with, with this power that they're going to have power to blow fire from their mouth power to put plagues upon people power to do all these dastardly type of things uh, is not what it seems because the really interpretation of everything that is connected to that revelation of the, uh, of, of the, of the two witnesses which, which, which the Bible says the Bible says in, in the fourth chapter of Zechariah and the 14th verse talking about these two olive trees uh, in verse 12 it says what be these olive branches which do the two golden pipes uh, empty the golden oil out of themselves and in verse 14 says these are the two anointed ones that stand by the Lord of the whole earth so now we know that, that there is a meaning here and so it is talking about these two witnesses that are the two anointed ones and, and note the connection that there is a connection that like, it's like that the, the branches are pouring olive oil into the pipes and the pipes are going out to the lamps and light being lit up and so you've got these, this system in between two trees and on one side it's going to one tree and on the other side it's going to the other other side so these three uh, 
entity type things uh, are are in a parallel. Uh, uh, you know, uh, what is it that that the representation of these are? Well, we're going to really get into that, and it's so very interesting, and it's so very true. Uh, and so. The meaning is not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. Not to blow fire out of your mouth, not to put plagues on people. That, that's, you know, generally the work of the devil. When Jesus went out and he was, was praying for people that were terribly sick, terribly afflicted, many, many times he would come against the devils. Now, uh, later people begin to say, oh, how paganistic, how ignorant. People in the days of Jesus thought that the sickness was caused by the devil, and they didn't understand germs, and they didn't understand genetic problems, and they were so paganistic. Well, I'm going to tell you something. Jesus understood all of that. He did. Uh, but Jesus also understood the curse that had been put on the earth, and that this curse was the cause of the of satanic uh, 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 power and 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 the and the and the uh, forces dark uh, that that belong to all of the the engineering type of things uh, that that Satan uh, uh, Lucifer Satan was doing to depreciate the value of life and the meaning of life because he was not wanting people to get back to uh, the Ophanim state under Yahweh Jesus the Christ so. As we begin to, to see this, and we get to get this whole picture, and, and and you can't just take one little scripture, one little word, and lift it out of context. You need the whole Bible. The whole Bible needs to agree. And if the whole Bible doesn't agree to your theory, your idea, your concept, then I'm going to tell you it's not right. It's wrong. Because when you find the Word of God in this truest sense it will all coordinate it will all match and, and in these things I'm teaching you in this manifest revelation uh, of this opening of, of the book of the seven thunders uh, you can go into any place of the scripture and there will not be a conflicting order there will not be an opposite uh, that is not readily being uh, able to be to be uh, uh, made compatible to the meaning of the the total contextual revelation. So it's exciting. It's very exciting, and I just find uh, uh, I just find enthrallment with it. We've really got to move on here. <clears throat> okay. So what I'm going to say is. The two witnesses are Jesus Christ and Melchizedek. And the Holy Spirit, the Paraclete, is involved in their parallel. <clears throat> like you've got the two olive trees, and we could call the 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 candelabra, we could call that the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. Um, at the same time, there's a transcendental thing that happens in which the olive trees on one side and then the other side become a part of the candelabrum. And we want to get into that. So someone says, well, 
You know, where, where are you getting this at? Well, let's turn to Revelations 1.5. Revelations 1.5. And let's, uh, you know, it's very important to understand, you know, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave to show his servants. And look at verse 5. It says, And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, and the first begotten of the dead. Jesus is the faithful witness. He is a witness. And uh, uh, in Revelations uh, 3.14, uh, he is called um, the true witness. Revelations 3.14, uh, the true witness. And unto the angel of the church of Laodicea, write these things, saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness the beginning of the creation of God these things of the, of, the, of the witnesses this is not just something that's going to happen in the future we've got to get off that ship that's going to sink these are about things that have a continuum from the foundations of the earth They go on and on and on, and they will continue until the times, time, the time, times, and a half times is fulfilled. So then, Isaiah 55 4 speaks of Christ as the coming witness. John 5 36 talks about his works. Jesus said, My works bear witness. And other scriptures you can look up. I don't have the time to go into them. Maybe we'll have to do another week on this. John 8, uh, verses 17 through 18. John 5, 31 through 34. And 1 John 5, 6 through 11. And, uh, you know, there's there's other interesting things we, we can get to. Okay. Now, <clears throat> um, uh, let's, let's go back a minute. To Zechariah, we're going to be going back and forth. Uh, it's very important. In I read to you out of Isaiah that show how that a whole group of people could represent one servant. And in the, ch- in the third chapter of Zechariah, and beginning with the eighth verse, it says, "Hear now, O Joshua." And Joshua is a very important name because it is a name that is parallel and then totally sympathetic with the name, uh, you know, Yahweh or, or, or Yahweh. And um, Joshua the high priest, thou and thy fellows that sit before thee, for they are men wondered at. For behold, I will bring forth my servant, the branch. And behold, the stone that I have laid before Joshua, upon one stone, shall be seven eyes. So we begin to see in this understanding of the branch, that we have this entity that is is doing this work, like stone or branch. But it has many parts to it, like seven eyes. And this seven represents the fulfillment of like 
transit simulation. People who begin to take on the nature of of Jesus Christ or the nature of Melchizedek. Because remember in Hebrews, the Bible says Jesus is after the form, after the form of Melchizedek. And this thing of the branch is very, very important because this branching, and and Lord knows I don't have the time to go through all the scripture potential of that, but, but this branching uh, is is all part of understanding, um, you know, the meaning. Uh, it, it's very interesting that in the holy place, First Kings six twenty three, two cherubim were made out of olive trees. Um, it, they're just a connection, just all the way through, and 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 then we can get into the Holy Ghost as a witness. And uh, called uh, in John fourteen seventeen the Spirit of Truth, and along that same line in uh, John sixteen thirteen the Paraclete, uh, meaning um, uh, what the word means is um, you know a a a consoler a counselor um, a person who works alongside to help. So we have this Comforter, this Spirit of Truth. That the whole purpose of this uh, of this Holy Ghost of this Holy um, Spirit in its two different phases. When it's in the Holy Spirit phase, uh, it is diffused. Uh, but when it's in the Holy Ghost phase, it has taken on a personification. And thus you have the Holy Ghost uh, coming down as a dove or as uh, the, the tongues, the, the, the fiery tongues on the day of Pentecost. And, and many other examples al- along uh, that, uh, that whole exclaim. Now, um, let's under, you know, uh, there's so much to say here. Um, but this thing of Melchizedek is really, really important. Because here's the thing. Um, Melchizedek, in the book of Hebrews, is called the king of righteousness. He's called the king of peace. But Jesus is called the prince. Now, Jesus says, My father is greater than I am. All the things that I do, I only do them, this is the book of John, the Gospel of John, after he tells me what to do, whatever his will is, and what I see him do, that's what I do. What I see him do, that is what I do. Now, very, very interesting then, in the Gospel of John, and I read this, I think, to you last week, but it's such a awesome scripture. It 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 uh, it's, it's enough just to blow the average person away uh, because it, it it just is so extremely powerful. Um, Jesus says, chapter five of of the Gospel of John, verse twenty: The Father loveth the Son and showeth him all things that himself doeth. And he will show him greater works than these that ye may marvel. Now, the Father. Let's explain this. The Father. Okay, the Bible says that Jesus came forth out of the Father. 
he came forth out of the Father and he became an, a super individual entity and he laid down his archangelship in Philippians uh, if you get into the right translations or look at look the words up that are in the text it actually says that he emptied himself and this is when he came down in the beginning of the world in the beginning of soul people and sold Adam and that he he emptied himself in order to come and take on that body and to soul Adam and, and the thing of it was is he did not take on he did not take on the nature of angels but he took on the nature like of humans like of Abraham and so when you begin to understand that is so very important because Jesus did this and so did Melchizedek Melchizedek came out from the Father and also the Holy Ghost comes out from the Father now get a hold of this it's very very important so now we have the Father and then we have Melchizedek who came out from the Father and we have Jesus Christ who came out from the Father the difference is is Melchizedek came out from the Father in a direct relationship of being the Father whereas Jesus came out from the Father in a direct relationship as being the Son of the Father that's why one is the King of Righteousness and the other is the the Prince of Righteousness the King of Peace the Prince of Peace and why Jesus said my Father is greater than I am and why the Bible says in Hebrews that Christ that Jesus is after the order of Melchizedek after the order of Melchizedek so when we read here uh, in chapter 5 verse 20 for the father loveth the son and showeth him all things that himself doeth and he will show him greater works than these that ye may marvel we see that the things that Jesus is doing on earth even raising the dead he's been trained to do that by his father who has showed him what to do and we have that in verse 21 for as the father raiseth, raises up the dead and quickens them even so the son quickeneth whom he will wow I mean that's, that scripture is enough to blow all nonsense uh, in, into purgatory wow so what do we have that makes these two entities of what it says that stand before the God of the whole earth although they both come out of the Father they both are are the Father once they are back and co-owned with the Father so Jesus and Melchizedek when they go back into the Father they become the Father the Holy Ghost belongs to the Father comes out of the Father 
Now, in the Bible, in the directive sense, careful of how you understand what I'm saying, the two individuals that have the title using the directive sense definite article, the definite article, the Son of God, uh, belongs to Jesus, Adam, and Melchizedek. Adam and Jesus being the same. The first Adam and the second Adam is who Jesus is. And Melchizedek. So they are called, like Adam is called in Luke 3.38, the Son of God. Melchizedek is, is called in Hebrews 7.3, uh, you know, uh, without beginning, without end, like the Son of God. He remains a priest forever. And Jesus in Mark 1.1, 1, 1, the beginning of the Gospels, Gospels, are the Gospel about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. So, here we have these persons that are, are both called Son of God. And yet, they both are, are God as the Father. Now, let's go on a little bit further, and let's look at some other interesting uh, things. I've already mentioned the thing about the, the uh, King of Righteousness and so forth. Um, you can find that in Hebrews 7.2, by the way. Um, and you can find the thing about the Prince of Peace of, uh, for Jesus in Isaiah 9.6. So, let, let's, let's look about this thing of, uh, of this foreverness. Melchizedek remains a priest forever, Hebrews 7.3. Jesus, you are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Hebrews 5.6. So both of these two are, are priests forever. Unchangeable priesthood. Melchizedek in Genesis 14.3. 18, priest of the Most High God. Jesus, in Hebrews 7:15 through 16, and it is far more evident in the likeness of Melchizedek, there arises another priest who has come. We have that same application then put toward him. Totally, absolutely incredible. Uh, both Melchizedek and Jesus are pre-existence, pre-existent uh, in a in a way of being at the top of the of the chain, and of Melchizedek it says, without father or mother, without genealogy, without beginning or end of days, like the Son of God, he remains a priest forever. These two both have those attributes. Both have those. There is an association. There is a emerging. The seven eyes in the stone. The, the the branches merging with the olive oil. Wow. Both Melchizedek and Jesus associated with Abraham. Um, now, Melchizedek and Jesus. Uh, both transcended death 
So they can enter and they can leave the world at will without having to go through birth or death if necessary. These are very, very interesting things that, that are just biblical, biblical facts, you know. They're biblical facts. And even, you know, the, the things like in the, in the Christian Gnostic texts that are, that are being discovered, uh, the, uh, information that is available on Melchizedek is, uh, you know, very interesting. And, and uh, uh, he is, even has a claim here, um, in one of the books, one of the fragments, uh, and you crucified me from the third hour of the Sabbath, even until the ninth hour. And after these things, I rose from the dead. My body came uh, out of the tomb. Uh, they did not find anyone. They did not find anyone greeted me. Uh, they said to me, "Be strong, Melchizedek, great priest of the high, of the God Most High." Um, here we see the connectedness of 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 and the togetherness because here we actually have these two entities that uh, are posed as separate entities but in the deep reading of it are actually also uh, uh, interrelated through the Father and via by the Holy Ghost and at the same time there are these destinata groups that have transassimilated into uh, these two uh, 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 fatherly um, uh, gifts uh, put into um, form of entities, and uh, it's it's ju it's just very deep and very beautiful. Uh, you know, uh, uh, the, even the, the, like the Dead Sea Scrolls uh, from a monastic group uh, known as the Essenes, dated to be two thousand years old. Uh, uh, Having their sec sacred writings, uh, this uh, type of thing about Melchizedek, the, the strong belief uh, uh, that that uh, he was some someone totally different than the average kind of person. He wasn't just classified with prophets and regular priests. He was taken far, far, far beyond that. Wow. So, so there is so much that could be delved into. You understand, uh, when you're talking a subject like this, what you really need is a book to describe it. That's why these, uh, the Peace Bible and, and, uh, books like Star Rise and, and many of the other, uh, books of the Holy Manifest, uh, need to be gotten out to the people. They need to be able to, to get the, the detail in, in a, in a, a, a message like this uh, on the live broadcast you know I only have so much reasonable time and and in that um, opening of, of reasonable time uh, you know it, there's just so so much uh, that part about um, um, Philippians uh, chapter 2 5 through 8 um, I'll read from the MIV on that. Let your mentality be of thoughts that concern your spiritual reality, which was also uh, the meditation of Jesus Christ. For Christ becoming Jesus in the fashion of man, thought it not strange to be called of his flesh the Son of Man. Um, his, his Spirit, the Son of God. For in the spirit world, all archangels are gods and are equal in God's sight. 
For Jesus emptied himself and took on the form of a lowly person in the common appearance of humanness, descending from the spiritual world to become a human. He awoke as a mortal, and, also, and although by the Holy Spirit he gradually took on remembrance of his heavenliness, yet he humbled himself to suffer on the cross for the sake of all humanity. And thus fulfilling that scripture, of course, that, uh, that he was crucified before the foundations of the world. Because the meaning of that was, uh, you know, quite uh, more fulfilling and um, more involved than what people have even begun to imagine. There, there's just such a beauty. There's just such a fulfillment of these things that is available. And uh, it's meant for us to have them. It's meant for us to know them. So, um, let's see if I can uh, paraphrase these things. The Holy Ghost as a witness, uh, write these scriptures down. Acts 20, verse 23. Hebrews 10, 15. Revelations 19, 10. And uh, it's interesting that the uh, symbol of the Holy Ghost is a dove. And it's interesting that the first bird that was used to uh, be sent out from the ark was uh, Noah's choice of of a dove, and um, uh, it's it's interesting that when the first sign of of life was brought back, that it was an olive leaf branch. Uh, that is just powerful, and it's just it's it's just beautiful. Uh, it's it's just things that. God is showing and revealing and that God wants us to be able to come into because these things uh, are going to take us closer into an open open viewing of, of, of the book of the seven thunders going to bring us closer to understanding uh, these uh, things that otherwise no average person is going to be able to even come close to to uh, knowing the facts and the reality uh, of what these are. Uh, as to us individuals uh, being um, possible to be witnesses, uh, Isaiah 43.10 says, You are my witnesses. Uh, you can also see that kind of connotation in Isaiah 24.13-14. through 14. Exodus uh, 20.21 and Leviticus 24.2-3. Through, through um you know, uh, Revelations 24, those beheaded are witnesses. Acts 1 8, uh, you receive the power after the Holy Ghost, and, and, and then you'll be, you'll be witnesses. Uh, Acts 2 32, uh, we are witnesses of Jesus' resurrection. Also, Acts 3 15, 1 Thessalonians 2 10, we are his witnesses. Uh, the, the scriptures are just just magnified with with the correlation of that the people are witnesses that Jesus is a witness that the Holy Ghost is a witness and that Melchizedek is a witness but when we start with the first premise and we we boil it down to the to the two holy entities that stand before the Lord of the whole earth we have these two in uh, these two holy entities that have come out of the Father uh, Melchizedek and, and Jesus Christ Yahweh and then we have they stand before the Lord of the whole earth the Lord representing in this case the Father 
So you have the Father and then the two entities that come out as super individual entities that come out uh, in, in personifications of the Father, as images of the Father. But they are still uh, uh, have come out of their co-uning and have and, and have taken on a particular uh, personification with a personality and with representing uh, a certain aspect. Um, the call of Melchizedek was to come out and represent uh, exactly the Father. Um, uh, Jesus Christ was to come out and represent the Father as He was identified in the Son. And so the the difference is important and is also fulfilling. And then we have all of the 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 people, the destinata, who are to become witnesses. And these people uh, are those individuals who assimilate. Now, assimilate, just in case you don't understand that word, would be like if you ate food and your body just there wasn't the right enzymes to digest it. So the body just passed out, uh, pardon me, the, the food just passed out of the body into the drought and it did nothing as far as energizing your body as far as giving it vitamins and giving it nourishment. Uh, but when the body assimilates it, then all the proper uh, tools to break down the food uh, into your body so that that it it actually goes into producing the the vitamins, the minerals, the enzymes, uh, all of the things that your body needs. Then you are you are you are assimilating it. Now, trans assimilation, uh, which trans means to come across like from another position, from another dimension, from another uh, place of generation, uh, has to do with the spirit side of things. So that we are trans into Christ Jesus said except you eat my flesh and drink my blood you cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven so we understand what that means we understand we don't become cannibals and we, we start uh, snacking on uh, his, his arms and legs and, and, and physical flesh and then drinking his blood uh, you know or, or even through some kind of, uh, of ideas that people come up with uh, to still be able to do that uh, by some kind of virtual reality. Uh, no, we understand what that's really talking about is taking on the nature of Jesus in, in his fleshly body. That is very important so that we can overcome. You people that are talking about you want to overcome, uh, how you overcome is transassimilating the flesh life of Jesus. How he lived, how he thought. And, and that doesn't mean it's going to uh, take away your character take away your personality you will still have your personality your character but but supporting it all will be this transassimilation of the nature of Jesus Christ and you will take on on that that character you see now I cannot say that there are not those people that are transassimilating uh, to Melchizedek which uh, in a sense is still Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ and Melchizedek are one once they are in the Father and therefore being that they are one uh, they are as Melchizedek uh, and uh, uh, a, a, you know he is Jesus Christ uh, elect 
and as Jesus Christ, Jesus is uh, Melchizedek elect. And just like there are elect angels mentioned in the Bible. Uh, so this is very, very important of how that we... Uh, uh, begin to understand the connections of the branch uh, and and this being a special ministry uh, how that that it is all part of what comes out of the stone the the foundation stone and and, and all these different foundation stones have different levels and all and, and there's tw- so there's twelve different circuits to it twelve different circuits which are all part of the sound John circuit. <coughs> which is all part of the language of God. And what we're trying to do is gradually and slowly teach this language of God. So when we begin to read the Bible, we read it in the language of God. We feast on it in the language of God. We we, uh, attest to it uh, by the Holy Spirit within us to the language of God. So that the Bible says we can reach a point that the the Holy Spirit within us becomes so excited, uh, it, it becomes so turned on that it it takes over within its own realm and begins to speak in in tongues to God in a language that is not human, in a language that cannot be understood, and begins to to uh, travail for us and pray for us in a way that we don't even yet know how because all of our memory is not restored we do not even know how to pray like that or to think like that but the Holy Spirit in us can do that because there's all of this connecting uh, this branch connecting and and uh, it is a beautiful beautiful thing and so that's why the revelation of the two witnesses is so important and how that their ministry is going to be a, a ministry uh, you know, uh, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. And 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 the thing that is beautiful in the spirit is it disarms the evil. It renders them incapable of striking back uh, whenever that notion of spirit is desired to take effect. And that is much more beautiful than going out here with a bazooka and just torching people uh, from your mouth. And, and watching them burn and, and be in terrible pain and agony and torment, uh, it, it's, it's much, much better, uh, much more holy, much more real to understand it that way. It's, it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. And we're coming into that understanding. And it's not been easy because the nature of the human being is absolutely opposite to that, is absolutely against that. And so we have to understand it in that way okay now um, I, I said in my last blog and I don't know how many of you people uh, possibly not too many of you have had a chance to get into my last blog but just before I do the Gentile I want to describe uh, you know what we were doing on our last blog and just for in case there be any other people that um, misunderstood 
some of the things that we said, uh, which, which may have arisen from the fact that um, that we did make some assumptions, uh, and those assumptions assumptions were, uh, were at least in one case not 100% the way it turned out. And what I'm speaking about is the the cost of the publication of the peace uh, Bible, peace manifest Bible, and and that is that when we originally uh, uh, were, were figuring the cost, we were figuring it at $30,000. Now I understand the printing of of the book uh, and and how many of these books that you buy that go along with it and and the, what you are paying paying for sets it up for your profit. Uh, if 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 you don't buy enough books, then your your profit rate for when you start to sell these diminishes, and 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 then you sort of defeat the whole purpose of what you're doing. Uh, but but if you can you know uh, uh, buy enough books so so that it makes it interesting for the publisher uh, to you know not only uh, pay their costs but then to make their profit, uh, then. Uh, at the same time, you are able to make a better profit. So when we talk about uh, paying $30,000, that price was based on our going out and getting an estimate uh, for the uh, Star Rise book. But then we found out recently that any book that is a Bible, because of the tape, type of paper that they insist, you know, for 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 to be used, and and because of the uh, demographic and different kind of things that they use uh, in a Bible is, is several times more expensive than it is. So uh, without getting into the ultimate technical aspect of it, because you have to base that on an order and how many books you're going to get with it, but now we're looking at least $50,000. And so we had to start thinking in terms of, of raising you know, our configuration, because we were as I've told you, we would only raised about a little over twenty six thousand dollars, and and um, uh, we're going to have advertising. I'm ex- I'm expecting that the Peace Bible is going to sell millions and millions of books. That is not just a silly uh, uh, imagination. That is something that I totally, honestly, deeply uh, know in my heart. We're going to sell millions and millions, millions of of, the, of these Bibles. That is the, the largest selling book in the world. Uh, people will buy Bibles. Any any major work, and believe me, uh, when we took this uh, one Peace Bible in the other day to one of the printers and had him look at it he held it in his hand and he looked at it and he says this is a lifetime's work and I says yeah it definitely is and and you could feel that didn't you because you're, you're, a, you're a bookmaker he says oh yes he says I knew immediately this is the work of a lifetime uh, it's a big and major thing and, and people know when they see a book like this that uh, you know they're, they're, they're getting a lot they're getting a lot for their money so uh, we we put this, you know, I I was praying to God, you know, God, how are we going to raise this money? How are we going to do it? Because it's going to be the advertising. That's very expensive. And then then there's another thing, ladies and gentlemen, and please please um, please have patience with me and 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 please forgive me that I I don't have a choice but to mention these things because there's no one I don't think in the world that that 
greater uh, detest having to get into the money thing. Uh, I'm not just all my life. I have never done it. But you know, at 72, I'm retired, and I don't have a choice but to uh, to do it this way. But anyway, I started to say that there are other things that we're trying to do, and I want to explain just a little of that right after I explain to you this thing about uh, about the, uh, the the peace Bible and the extra monies. Now, uh, we have gotten uh, a a person who has come on and and who uh, wants to do the fifty thousand dollars. And, uh, and so in, um, uh, 30 days, uh, he's going to have, uh, a, a part of that money, a good part of it, at least, I guess, half of it, and then some more days or so, he'll have the other half. Well, as I explained to him, we don't even need all that money right now, we're just trying to get it lined up ahead of time, because, you know, it's no sense it's sitting in our coffers, uh, we can't, you know, touch it anyway, uh, only except when we actually get ready to publish the book. So we only need it when we actually get ready to do, get into those costs. But, you know, um, I thank God for for this person, and I thank God, uh, you know, another individual uh, put in a $1,000, and and there's others that have put in smaller amounts, and we praise God, and we thank God for you. We do. We really do. And and, and we thank God for you other people that have, have, have you know, given and done wonderful. Uh, uh, you, you don't even know the extent of, of how important it was what you did because, you know, uh, it, it was help to keep us going. Now, the other thing, and I, I'll get out of this subject in just a jiffy here, but the other thing is that what we're trying to do is we're trying to do something with our recordings. Now, I have thousands of thousands thousands of of um, of tapes that that we recorded but you know and i've got hundreds of videos but when they were done we we always didn't have what we needed to really make a professional recording so like these tapes need to be worked on we need to to edit them they need to be transferred from the tape thing to a dvd and put in on special software where you can go in and you can cut out uh, noises and things. And, you know, in the church you've got babies crying. You've got different things that happen uh, that you know uh, just need to be cut out of the tape to make these sensational tapes uh, uh, available. Uh, that that people would just they'll just they'll just shout for joy to be able to have these these uh, DVDs but we need equipment to do that now we also uh, we also have been spending money uh, we spent about uh, almost four thousand dollars now in, to to um, in in our house where we have all this recording stuff set up to um, put in direct circuits because it takes so much circuits uh, you know for, for all of this and we have a top electronic man now who is our who is our um, uh, doing he's, he's our, 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 our net 
manager. He, he's uh, uh, the person that that uh, does all of the, uh, you know, putting the the net uh, of the web net together. So he's sort of like the webmaster, uh, whatever you want to call him. And but he's very good, and we're really you know getting some things together. Uh, you'll see some major changes happening on our website here in the very very near future. We are a short time away. I just got a letter from him. He's finally gotten the approval to transfer these things over to an, uh, to a uh, a new uh, a system, and so we're going to be able to expand, uh, and we're going to be able to have uh, 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 you know special people that are going to be able to come in and share because we have some extremely talented people that are are part of 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 the, the group that is what we are and and that have been coming and listening and 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 they they just need to be able to be heard from and we're going to have that in is i just it's just possibly days or or maybe a week away before we'll be able to put this new uh thing into effect as i understand what my webmaster is telling me and so that that's going to it's exciting but those things are not free they're not free. And, and what I'm trying to do, I've put in this whole lighting system. And we, we, we're trying to make it so that we can go on video and that you will be able to to hear and see me and see the, the different ones that we're going to have. We've got some incredible songster people that are part of our our, our group. And and uh, they sing a lot of real spiritual songs. Uh, you know, we... In our group, we've got people that have written songs, and I've written over a hundred of them. And uh, some of these songs are just beautiful to hear. We want to get those out to the public. They've never been out to the public, so I, we're, we've got a new kind of keyboard uh, with all the software that is going to translate when the, when I sit down on the piano and I play the song, it'll translate that into sheet music, and then w- from that we'll be able to translate it in, into uh, uh, recordings and. We'll We'll be able to put that out. People will be able to hear these things, and we'll be able to record live on these radio broadcasts. We'll open up for you know or maybe other days uh, when we'll just have some of this very spiritual stuff going on, and other people being able to share. So we we with a, a few adjustments on your side, we'll be able to see you. You will be able to see us. We'll have a connecting telephone system where people can come on and ask questions. When I do some of these, what we call townhouse teachings, where people are able to ask, you know, questions, and we answer it just right on the spot. I've done many, many, many of those in my uh, lifetime, and and um, uh, people just, you know, they'll ask questions, almost any question they want, and and generally right on the spot. I cannot think in my lifetime of any question that anyone has ever asked me that I've not been able to just answer on the spot, and and that represents hundreds and hundreds of questions over a period of time. So that's going to be exciting. That's coming, and and and. Uh, but uh, so so you know we're gonna we're opening up this this thing that we we made available. Um, we made available that if a person gave fifty thousand dollars, 
they would be able to keep the, the dollar on every book that was sold, every Bible that was sold, until they had gotten 500,000. So they, they, they put up 50,000, and believe me, when, they, when just 50,000 books are sold, they already have their 50,000 back, and from then on, it's profit all the way up to $500,000. So they make $500,000, and someone will say, well, how can you afford to do that? We can't afford not to do that. We want to make it so we have a few people that get in on this, and they're really blessed and really benefited, but at the same time, we have a lump. And it's, you know, it's not just pieces of money. It's a lump to be able to do, to be ready to do the advertising, uh, to be ready to do, put in this equipment and do all these things that we need to do. Now, I, we've got people that are with our group that some of the people, you know, they're, they're just poor people. And they've said to me, you know, what could we do? I can't give any big money, you know, and, but I've got people that are given like, you know, 25 or 35 uh, or a hundred dollars a month. And, and believe me, you know, uh, some of these people do it on a heart uh, uh, beat basis. And that is so important when you have something coming in that you can depend on. And you know that it's coming so that we can do these things. Once the Peace Bible gets done, and once it starts selling in the middle, in the millions, then we'll be beyond needing to have uh, this kind of help. It should make enough money to pay for all the things that we're wanting to do in the future, even to make movies. That's what our dream, our hope, and our belief is. So, God bless you. I'm sorry I had to talk about all that, but I want to now go into uh, into this uh, Gentile. You know, how the Gentile works, because I haven't explained it. The Gentile works this way. Uh, it is different from faith healing. Faith healing is laying on of the hands. Um, Gentile healing is not laying on the hands. It is spirit to spirit. And, and so uh, what it is saying, I can talk to you over the phone and, and do Gentile on you and you can be healed just by spirit to spirit. Don't have to lay hands on you. And, and Jesus practiced that. One time a person who, who, whose uh, child was deathly sick came to Jesus, uh, you know, and, and, uh, and Jesus said, do you want me to come and, and to pray for him? He said, no, Lord. Lord, I believe you. You don't need to come. Just say the word, and I know that my child will be healed. And, and he said, oh, you have great faith. He said, yes. And he, 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 he said the word, and by spirit to spirit, uh, that, that child was healed. Didn't have to go and lay hands on him. Uh, that mostly is for people that have you know, a lack of faith. They need that personal touch. And that's okay. I'm behind it. I'm for it. But this Gentile, how this works is... The Bible says that our body was beautifully made. God made it that way. So all of the potential pharmaceutical needs of our body are, are capable of being made by our body. And, and it can all be done through our brain if we can get the right message to the brain and if we can get <coughs> the blocks and the inhibitors out of the way that are, have been caused by uh, stresses <coughs> excuse me stresses and uh, have been caused by uh, you know toxins that are in nature uh, that well especially this nature that we're living in right now and <coughs> excuse me <coughs> Yeah, hopefully that's better. <clears throat> anyway, when we begin to to um, uh, to get all those things out of us, then our body, it, it, you know, when it's directed by the 
the brain can heal itself. And God wants it to be that way. God wants it to be like that. So, so we have seen tremendous, I mean, the, the healings that have happened with this are just absolutely tremendous. And I hope that this person doesn't mind me saying this, but this person who, um, who gave, um, uh, you know, who, who gave $10,000 and then, um, who later now has, has dedicated uh, for fifty thousand, we already have the ten. We've had that for some time. Uh, this money was being saved by this person uh, for the special doctor expenses to to be able to have children. And they, they you know they went to some of the very best physicians and top type of doctors that deal in uh, that subject. And uh, and finally, as I understand, what he said to me is that uh, when they're this top doctor said to him, you know, we might as well be realistic. You're never going to be able to have these children. There's no sense you're putting any more money in, any more time in. If you want children, you just need to go out and adopt them. They decided, both of them, to give this money, this $10,000 they had saved, to the manifest cause. And he just calls, called me out of the blue. I didn't even know the, the, the gentleman. And he said, I've been trying to, to you know, get hold of you and, and make you donations. And I mentioned it, and you don't get back to me. And I said, well, I have hundreds of emails that come in. And I answer people not according to if they're offering money, but according to who is first. And, tell, and then I won't get to you. Even if I see you're offering money, I won't jump to your email until I've gotten hold of everybody in front of you. Because we don't want to put money in front of, of you know, of the right and the and the will of God and the right of other people. So, so I explained that to him. Anyway, long story short, this is incredible. Long story short, this person, after giving the ten thousand dollars, his wife got pregnant with twins. Now she is pregnant with twins, and I, I just. That just makes me want to leap. That just makes me want to praise God. You know, uh, had twins, and 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 this is not the first time uh, in our ministry that we've had people that could not uh, get pregnant that have been uh, pregnant through Gentile and or through the ministry, and and uh, it's happened several times. Uh, you know, I think five or six times during the course of of our ministry. So I thank God for that, and I believe in that. Uh, I believe that God does things like that, you know, and when people are willing to to do the right thing. So so Gentile is like this. So when I say when I speak to like the hypothalamus, I, I do a lot using the hypothalamus and the pituitary because they uh, they have a, a lot of control. They are very, very, very important, and uh, they, uh, they, they, you know, they, they affect uh, a, a lot of different hormones. Um, they, they reflect, uh, you know, a lot of different uh, actions in the bo- body, in the blood, uh, and and uh, uh, they're just they're just so incredible uh, as far as being. Um, director uh, organs in the body and so uh, I you know I, I start with them I use other kinds of uh, 
of um, you know uh, of different kinds of systems besides uh, the pituitary and, and the um, hypothalamus. Of course, they use the um, uh, thyroid a lot. That's very important, and and the um, you know everything from basal ganglia to to uh, to the immune system. Uh, but we we talk to those systems, and because there are no fingerprints that's available, um, we speak to them. And if we want to send a message from the hypothalamus, for instance, to the thalamus on either side of the third ventricle, um, uh, then uh, we, we can we can do that just by simply uh, saying to do it. Uh, if we uh, want to send the message uh, through the medulla, which is one of the natural things that the uh, hypothalamus d- does, is uh, deals through the medulla, uh, then uh, we can do it by just merely mentioning that. Uh, it is also very connected to the parasympathetic cells that are located in the different nuclei uh, throughout the brain stem as well as the uh, sacral uh, spinal cord. And uh, and of course I mentioned already the you know the the synapse the synapses, uh, in the ganglia. Um, uh, all the, all these things are available through uh, you know touching down uh, through the um, you know through the the hypothalamus and the pituitary and so forth. So uh, what this does is this sends signals out and hormones are the messengers they're the ones that have the signals and they secrete uh, by the glands such as the adrenals and the ovaries and the thyroid uh, they, they secrete uh, uh, inf- this, this fluid that is information to the brain and, and it travels through the body uh, uh, to you know different locations, and it communicates uh, to the network, and 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 it, it links to the higher centers of the brain, and even connects to the DNA command post, and it operates in several hundred trillion cells uh, of the adult body, uh, both in the outer and inner membranes of the cells. Uh, and so it has a tremendous capable effect uh, both um, uh, with its messaging uh, its uh, particular kind of vibrations um, its uh, uh, bioidentical hormones uh, that are used uh, you know for uh, all of the various kinds of, uh, of needs of the body uh, so, so when we speak to the body, and we say hypothalamus to the pituitary, pituitary to the hypothalamus and thyroid to the lymphatic gland, the lymphatic gland is the immune system, uh, and then we we, get, we direct it to send signals out to a certain part of the body, then that is when that begins to happen in the body. Now, sometimes if we're not successful, it's because we don't have enough information to us uh, about the illness that the person has <clears throat> and we don't um, we're not saying enough of the right things for directing uh, these secretions 
and these particular messages from the hormones uh, to get to those parts of the body. But once we get the right information and we begin to give the, give the right orders, uh, then people get healed of almost anything that you can imagine. And we're working on, you know, on creating stem cells. We're working on things that are so far out uh, that it's almost unbelievable. But ladies and gentlemen, if you want to know the truth, this is not only spiritual, but if you want to know the truth, if you dig into science and you go deep enough, and in the medical world, it's also scientific and it's also med medical. And, and and there are doctors, when I talk to them, they, they totally believe in this. They believe it's, it's an alternate uh, approach to, to medicine uh, from a very high uh, standpoint of dealing through the brain. And, and so... Uh, uh, when people say to me, well now, do I have to have faith to be healed? And I say to them, no, you don't. And, and I have people just look at me like, oh, whoa, wait a minute, how can this be? What do you mean I don't need to have faith? Because, let me ask you this, if you, if you, if you sliced your hand, or you got a sliver in your hand, you don't have to have faith to heal that. All you have to do is pull out the sliver, or pull out the piece of glass, and put the right kind of a band-aid over or have it sewed up and then you know you're going to get you're, and you know right little cleansing things and you'll be healed you'll be fine and you don't have, you know uh, how many people are going to have a cut uh, and, and sliver in a piece of glass and say oh God I'm praying now for my hand I've got this piece of glass Lord remove this piece of glass <clears throat> remove these splinters and then uh, sew me back up I'm not, all things are possible with God, but that isn't what God wants to do. God wants you to take care of yourself when you can and where you can. So He wants you to do what you have to do to get that glass out and get yourself sewed up. And, and it's, healing is for other situations where it's not available. Uh, and you just need healing. And so that's how I see it. That's how I believe it. And, and so you, in this particular case with spirit to spirit you don't need faith because you already have this in your body you already have this in your body and when this happens it's going into your body and it's going to bring deliverance to you and it's going to heal you and it's going to heal you just like if you were taking some kind of vitamins or some kind of natural uh, herbs or natural medicines uh, that healed you uh, it's just like that and, and even the medicines that they give, which are derivatives of, of uh, roots and, and uh, herbs and, and various molecular concoctions, uh, you know, that, that heal because they come into the body and they give a signal. And that signal helps the body to be healed. Okay, so I'm going to use that explanation of what Gentile is for my service time, my my message time on the Gentile and then next week we'll do an uh, actual use of Gentile for some special occasion and special use uh, for healing so that's, that's the word today ladies and gentlemen we've covered three subjects and I hope that's very helpful to you and I don't know for sure whether we'll continue um, this thing with the um, witnesses there's a lot more to say but um, there's some other really interesting subjects that I'd like to share with you so we'll, we'll decide in the next few days what the next week will be we enjoyed your company we thank you for coming on may God bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you there is a new blog on you might find it interesting 
You might want to get on. God bless. Good night. We love you. Hello, kids.